We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So what's the the next part, Sean? Is the uh, the transfer stuff? Yeah, the transfers, let's, man. Let's look at them. So we talked about Sam Hartman, but Notre Dame's got a couple other important transfers that we're going to talk about. They got Caleb Smith, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Finally, had a chance to dive into his, some of his films this weekend. And then they got Thomas Harper, defensive back from Oklahoma State. So let's start off, Sean, talking about Caleb Smith. I know you guys had him on your show recently. Yeah, and very interesting kid. It's yeah. it's it's weird that they're gonna have two kids named Caleb Smith on the team next year, receiver, and they both spell their name with a K. Yeah. So I mean, there's no like, like what do you do on the jersey, right? Like you know, with yeah. the Adam Yola's, like it's J A Y and then J U S. What what do you do with these? There's nothing you can do. Like yeah. old Smith, young Smith. Is that what you're gonna do for the jersey? You know. Yeah, but anyway, I'll- you had him on on the, on there, Sean. So just kind of talk about what you learned about him as a young man, and then we'll talk about him. What we yeah, yeah, of course, you, you love him because he's a Virginia guy. Of course, he's a Virginia which means guy. He's a baller, right? He's a Virginia guy. He grew up playing ball with Chris Tyree. They mm-hmm. they've known each other since they were small, so they have a relationship. And immediately on his official visit, you know, the crazy thing is he was watching the practices, and he said the two guys that impressed me the most were Tyler Buckner and Tobias Merriweather. He was like, there's no way that kid is a freshman. He said, when I found out he was a freshman, he was like, there's no way. So it goes back to what you're saying. Like, yeah, the talent's there, the wide receiver room. He recognizes the talent on this team and the opportunity to be in the spotlight, the national landscape of college football and have a chance to win a national championship. He recognizes that. And it wasn't something that he brought to the table. It's something he felt as he was standing there. He was hearing that talk. In the bowl preparations, like, yeah, 2023 national championship. So now, as we said, this isn't something that's just popped up since they got Sam Hartman. This is something that's been going around the building in anticipation of adding those extra pieces to go along with the vision and the plan that they already have for 2023. And the kid pointed out that he was limited in the route tree Mm -hmm. at Virginia Tech. He's being given the opportunity to run different routes, play different positions, because pretty much he was a 50-50 guy or a drag, short drag across the middle guy. And he said, Coach Stuckey, 
we made an immediate connection. The man he is, the family man he is. Caleb has a fiance, so he's already locked in with his family. He spent the holiday with his in-laws up in Pittsburgh. And that's just a, you talk to him as he's just a great young man. And he's a leader, right? Captain, multi-year captain at Virginia Tech. He's expected to come into a young wide receiver room and still be that have that same leadership for those guys. And his connection immediately with Tobias Merriweather might pay benefit because that's a guy that he expressed that he wants to lock in with and be there for him and to help him. So he's a great young man. He's a great addition on and off the field and in the locker room for Notre Dame. But his goal, and this is him, he said, I'm trying to win the Belitnikoff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I don't know the last wide receiver at Notre Dame that I actually heard voice that. Sure. Like, I'm tr- my goal is to win the Belitnikoff. And I said, that's great to hear. I love it. I love it. So this is the type of young man you're getting in that room, the type of athlete. And he, for me, it's going to be very interesting as we talked about the offense progressing and the production that they can have. It's going to be very interesting to see. I don't know if the correct word is tempted, but it's going to be interesting to see how Tommy Reese goes from the strength that has been the tight end Mm-hmm. traditionally in Notre Dame through the passing game and go more to what we saw in the Gator Bowl with diversity in the passing game and getting four or five guys in that wide receiver room involved, which you can clearly see with Sam Hartman being able to spray right. the ball around in different areas. And then you include the running backs in the passing game. Now you make it a lot more difficult for the for defenses to be able to lock in on certain trends and certain guys. So he just adds to that ability in the wide receiver room. He is a fantastic addition to the Notre Dame football program. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Well, and that's the thing, Sean, that, that at times can be a little bit, um, let's say frustrating is because we do see that at times from Tommy Reese mm-hmm. and not just in the bowl game. Because the bowl game, you could say, hey, look, you had a month to prepare for that. Okay. Right, right. That's fair. Very fair comment to make. You know, like we saw this in, in 2021 and, and, and at times as well. You look at USC, for example, it had seven different guys catch passes in that game. Lorenzo Styles had three for 57. Kevin Austin went four for 39. Deion mm-hmm. Colsey had one for 13. Avery Davis, two for 10. Brayden Lindsay had a catch. But then also, Brayden Lindsay had a 14 yard run in that game as well. That was when the offense first started kind of getting going. And then you had the win over North Carolina. Yeah, Lorenzo Styles caught three. Avery Davis, five. Kevin Austin, three. Brayden Lindsay caught one. Plus, you had, uh, I think that was a game too where Avery Davis had a run in that game for 10 yards. Uh, go to the Navy game. Um, Notre Dame had, see, Kevin Austin caught six. Kyron Williams caught seven. Mm-hmm. Deion Colsey caught one for 31. Avery caught two. Tyree caught three for 15. Lorenzo Styles caught one. So you started seeing like a lot of different guys using the ball. You go to the game against Virginia where they didn't throw it a ton. They only threw it 23 times that entire game. Kevin Austin had a touchdown. Braden Lindsay had a touchdown. Plus, Braden had a reverse for 31 yards. Lorenzo Styles had a reverse for 37 yards. Yeah. So Lorenzo Styles only had one catch for four yards, but he had a reverse for 37 yards. And so we've seen this at times. I mean, the Nate, the uh the Georgia Tech game was a little hard to evaluate because there was such a blowout. They had like over 10 guys catch passes in that game. You know, Stanford game was very similar to that. You know, you had Braden Lindsay catch a touchdown pass in that game. Mike uh, Kevin Austin had a big game in that game. Lorenzo Styles caught four balls in that game. So we've seen stretches of it. But, yeah, to your point, though, that's going to be the challenge for him is you've got a lot of different possibilities to throw to next year at running back, tight end, and receiver. Mm -hmm. How do you utilize them all? And how do you – part of that's, you know, being more 20 personnel at times, 21 personnel at times, 11 personnel than what we saw this year, which I think he'll do. I don't – I don't think he's married to 12 personnel just because I think he was married to 12 personnel so much the last couple of years because last three years, because that was your best position group on your football team most years. Yeah. I mean, when Brock Wright is your legitimately your third tight end, you've got a loaded tight end room. Yeah. You're stupid. Think about it. George Takis, who was BC's leading receiver this year. And, and, and I think um, Ryan will be able to tell you better, but a guy that I think has a shot to get drafted if he tests well was their fourth tight end on that 2020 team. Mm-hmm fourth you know and so i mean that's just kind of that's just one of those things sean where you look at it and say you know you've you've had depth there build around your strengths now you know caleb williams to me is a guy sean that i i see he's a very intriguing player because he's not real fast smith right Caleb smith what did i say you said caleb williams Caleb williams <laughs> caleb smith is not real fast He's a good athlete, very strong. Like, yeah. I'm watching the Pitt game, and Pitt's got a pretty good secondary. And he just makes two just stupid catches in one-on-one coverage on the sideline. And you're like, that's the kind of ball Sam Hartman's made a living throwing at Wake Forest. And he was covered because he doesn't get, like, a ton of separation. Mm-hmm. But, again, part of it's because he ran, like, three routes. He ran, like, a post, a go, and, like, a hitch. That's it. Like, you know, it's about it. It's about all he ran. He ran, like, a snag every now and then. But that's basically the same thing as, as a hitch. And it's just like, that was it. There was no, in, it, it, you know, he'd run a comeback off the go route and catch some balls off that. But there just was no, he's going to run a lot more different type of stuff that's going to help him get open here. He's a lot Absolutely. like Jaden Thomas, but 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 brings a little bit more savviness as an outside player. I think he's going to be kind of a, a, a rotation part of their team. I don't think he's a, you know, he may have his his uh, sight set on the Blitnikoff. I don't see him being that type of player. 
me personally. If I'm wrong, it's awesome. But I just think he's more of a do-it-all kind of guy mm-hmm. that compliments the other players. Uh, but, man, at the very least, you're bringing in a guy, Sean, next year that can catch 40 passes for 700 yards and, and five or six touchdowns at the very least Yeah, if he has to be the guy. Yeah. It, at the very least, he can put up those kind of numbers because yeah. he did that at Virginia Tech this year. He went 30 for 600, and they had no kind of play. I mean, I wouldn't trade Notre Dame's quarterback play this year for Virginia Tech's. Yeah. Like, not even close. And so he, you know, if he's the guy, then he's going to, he's going to, he's going to have, he's going to put up some pretty good numbers as a, as a possession kind of guy. Cause I think that's where he's going to look more, he's going to look more like that in this offense. You know, it reminds me a lot of us. You could see him being used a lot how they used Javon McKinley two years ago. You know, like vertical guy, hitch guy, one on ones, back shoulders, and stuff yeah. like that. But also, a guy that he brings a little bit more fluidity to the game than yeah. Javon McKinley did, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, we look. So, Javon McKinley with a quarterback with a little bit more guts mm-hmm. probably would have had an incredible, oh yeah, incredible final year. He was money in all their big games. When yeah. Ian Book would actually attack downfield, North Carolina, Clemson, mm-hmm. they couldn't cover mm-hmm. Javon. No. So I could see that, Sean. I could see that. And so I like how he fits into this. Uh, but he also gives you insurance if Dion doesn't take that step. Mm-hmm. If Tobias doesn't take that step. Yeah. You you have this kind of guy that you can go to. And, and you have J- J- Jaden Thomas who stepped up to a degree. So again, it, what it does, Sean, it puts you in a situation where you don't have to play a freshman. Mm. If a freshman plays, it's because he earned it. He's earned and it. You roll with it. Yes. But it also it gives you. A, you're going to hear us say this phrase a lot. You you're you you want to be in situations where you you have a margin a wider margin for error. Meaning like Bama last year, mm-hmm. they could survive losing John Mechie and Absolutely. be just fine. Absolutely. They could not do is survive losing John Mechie and Jameson Williams. And so that cost that's one of the things that cost them a championship. So Notre mm-hmm. Dame needs to be in a situation, Sean, where if a guy doesn't step up and another guy gets hurt, you're still good enough there. Yeah. And Notre Dame for too many years has been in a situation where if they lost a guy they were screwed. Screwed. Yeah. And yeah. you're not there now, receiver. If yeah. if Chancey can develop this group well. But Caleb Smith, the transfer version, gives you a much bigger margin for error in this situation. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And just to add to the sentiment that you were talking about, he raises the level in the room. Yeah. He raises the level of expectation in the room. I, I think his leadership is going to be vitally important and the fact that he came in and immediately identified like yo this kid can be great i want to help him be great Mm -hmm. that's that works wonders like nobody told him that wasn't something that coach stucky said yeah you know we would appreciate if you know that's who he is as a leader and for him to be watching practice and say yo he's different Mm -hmm. he moves different like Yo, and that I was wanna, Tobias, right? So he's yeah, talking about, he talking about Tobias Merriweather. He's like, you know, I want to help him. I'm going to lock right. in with him and help him be great. Because and, Tobias has such better – this is how this is what that looks like. Tobias has much better physical talent than Caleb Smith. 
So if Caleb Smith, if if Tobias can can learn from Caleb Smith and play the game mm-hmm. with the focus to a detail, the attention to detail, the route emphasis and things like that, then like wow, what does this game do? Because yeah. if you give Caleb Smith two extra inches and a and a tenth or so or two tenths off of his forty time and about three inches longer arms and all yeah. that, guess what? He is a dude that maybe can go out and win the Bolitnikov because then he'd be Tobias Merriweather. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's huge because you yeah. such on. You're either that way or you're not. Yeah. Even if Notre Dame asked him to do it, if that's not who he is, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I mean, you don't think the Packers wanted Aaron, Brett Favre to mentor? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, of course they did. Uh, yeah, but of course didn't. they did. <laughs> but it didn't matter because right. Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to do it. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about him and uh, this next guy that we watch film on uh, that came from uh, Jim Knowles' defense. Uh, we kind of faced him in the bowl game. No, actually, did not. He did not. Oh play yeah, in he that didn't game. play in that game. You're right. That game. He was injured. Right. 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 Um, hey. Let me tell you something, man. Have you ever uh, got a gift? And initially when you got the gift, you said, oh, okay, thank you. It's nice. Sure. And then you open it and you start using it. And you realize how much easier it makes life and what you do. And you're like, yo. First time my dad got me a calculator. Yeah. Thanks, dad. (laughs) Right. Freaking heck do I want a calculator? Then you start, you know, like, oh, this is freaking up. Like, you know how easy it is for me to tabulate batting averages now? <laughs> and, yo, that's kind of the gift that is, you know, Thomas Harvard, you know, transferring from Oklahoma State. You know, I think both of us in this, you're like, yo, this is a solid, solid pickup. Yeah, good depth piece. So, good depth piece. And then we started watching the film over the weekend, and it's like, yo, yo. <laughs> Yeah, we might have something here, and right. you know, we both we both mentioned one game in particular. Yeah, like go watch the TCU game. Yeah, and that's when he really stood out for both yeah. of us. Yeah, you know, he's a nickel safety, and look, most guys are either physical guys, struggle in coverage, or good coverage guys that really aren't as physical as you would like them to be. Yeah. He almost gives you the best of both worlds. He really does. Like he, yeah. I don't, you mentioned it when you, you, you can talk about it cause you compared his cover skills to Tariq a little bit. Yeah. So I did a breakdown on him at Irish breakdown and I just put it into the chat. So if y'all haven't read it yet, check it out. Cause I put, I, I do some things. I break down his film with writing. I also show some, some, clips of of all the different places he lines up on the field you know but he's not as just he's not as quite as good of just a pure cover man as Tariq but it's not that far off and if you look at his numbers this year Tariq gave up a couple more big plays so he 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 gave up more yards per completion than than this kid did this kid actually allowed a lower yards per completion than Tariq did this year which is impressive when you consider how good Tariq was this year these bigger bodies 5'11 180 Tariq's about 5'10 He's a little bit longer, but he can be used in so many more different ways, Sean. Because like you said, yeah. like Tariq is just put him in the slot and let him cover. Let him cover. And and this kid can do that. But what this kid can do too is, is if you look at the T. So the two games I evaluated for the purpose of the breakdown, I've watched other games. I went back and watched some of his games last year. And then he had a huge game against TCU two years ago. 
uh, is that he does a he's a nickel at Oklahoma State. But what they would do is within their nickel package, they would move him around. Yeah. So he'll line up in the slot like Tariq did. He would line up sort of in the slot as sort of a, a an off man type of look where he could kind of roll down and play man. He could play quarters. He could play over top and play like a cover two type of look, which they would do all those different things with him. And then they would at times have him as a, as the boundary guy, right? Yeah. Or not the the backside safety where he would then play the alley. They would have him play pure co- cover two over the top, which he did a little bit more against Baylor than he did against TCU. And then at times he'll play just single high. Yeah, I mean, he did all that within their nickel package. So it's not like he played safety in those looks and then nickel. He was always the nickel. It's just where they moved him around. You couldn't do that with Tariq Bracey. You had to go sub package to get there. Yeah. And with this kid is, is he can give you depth at safety, but also it can be your, can be your nickel. But you can also do more things now out of your nickel, which, look, the reality is, here's Sean, Tariq Bracey played a lot of snaps this year for a reason. It's not because Notre Dame had this infatuation with, like, oh, gee, we got to do that. It's because look at all the teams you're playing to throw the football. And then, you know, you look at your schedule next year, and, you know, the new, the Notre Dame 2023 football schedule, which I'm, I'm pulling up here right now, isn't exactly devoid of teams like to throw the football, right? I mean, you know, Ohio State, USC, Wake Forest, Clemson, uh, Stanford's going to throw it even more next year than they did this year. Duke with Riley Leonard, Louisville with Jeff Brom, you know, NC State and Pitt with Phil Dracovic. I mean, the almost every team on your schedule, with the exception of what Central Michigan, and I'm not familiar with what TCU does, Sean, so I can't speak about TCU. I mean, uh, uh, TSU. But the only two teams on the schedule that that I look at and say, boy, these teams don't really want to throw that that ball around are Central yeah. Michigan and Navy. Yeah. Everybody else wants to throw the ball around a little bit, and so I look at it and say you're gonna you're gonna be a nickel a ton next year, a ton. Yeah, you're thin at safety. If you had to get in a situation where one of your safeties had to be a nickel, you literally don't have a safety rotation anymore. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now if this kid can be the nickel, now your corner depth and your safety depth can be used for those positions. Yeah. And I think it was important. And, and like you said, when you look at the skill set, you know, good speed, not elite speed, yeah. uh, really quick feet, plants and drives downhill on routes really well, takes great angles on routes too. You know, he's coming across on, on an overcut and he's playing kind of like down through the receiver. When the ball comes, he jumps in front of it and breaks it up. You know, uh, or at least makes it to where he undercuts the route, and then the quarterback has to try to fit it wide, and then it's harder to it's harder to get the ball in there. Yeah, 
Uh, he's a guy that understands he, when he gets in trouble, he knows how to get out of it. There was a, a, a route that I think was against TCU where he's playing kind of off man and the guy hits him with a really good out stab and then mm-hmm. beats him to the post. He does this perfect spin move and gets right back on top of the guy within like three steps. Not because he's an elite speed guy, but because his transition was, oh, I got myself in trouble. I know how to get myself out of trouble right now because he's an experienced guy. He's a fifth-year senior this year, Sean, in the same way that Tariq Bracey was a fifth-year senior. Yeah. This kid played every all four years at Oklahoma State. He doesn't have a red shirt. He's only coming back because of COVID. That's the only reason he can come back. Yeah. And that's why Tariq is, was back this year. So people, somebody in the chat asked if Tariq has any eligibility. No, Tariq literally played five whole seasons at Notre Dame. It's just the COVID year gave Tariq a chance to come back for a fifth year. And boy, yeah. were they saved by that. Could you imagine what this Notre Dame defense would look like this year if Tariq Bracey didn't get the COVID year? Uh, not good. Yeah. Not good, which speaks to some of the recruiting woes that, that were here before Mike Mickens arrived. The point is, however, is this is a kid that knows how to get himself out of trouble. And that's something that Cam Hart is still learning a little bit as a corner is when mm-hmm. Cam gets in trouble, his reaction is grab. You know, and he's yeah. got to learn. He got better about that as the season went on. It was really only an issue early when he was not comfortable with the hamstring. Late in the right. year, Cam was much better about that. Right. But, you know, this is a kid that that, that understands how to play. He, he, he looks comfortable playing in zone. He looks comfortable playing in man. And you can do a lot of different things with him. And like I'm thinking about him and Xavier Watts and Ramon Henderson as like a, as a as a starting tandem at safety and nickel. Yeah. And thinking of all the different things you can do, rolling those guys and robbing those guys, and you know, with him and Xavier Watts, kind of which one plays the alley. And I mean, you've got a lot more options now with what you can do out of your nickel package because you're going to have to be a heavy nickel team next year. You do look at the schedule. I mean. It, there's a ton of passing teams on the schedule. Louisville wasn't a big passing team this year with, with Malik Cunningham, but you know they sure as heck will be next year with Jeff Brom. You know what I mean? So uh, Riley Leonard was a dude at Duke this year. He was excellent at Duke this year. Absolutely. I think he's only getting to get better, you know, and they're going to have some guys come back. Mike Elko did a phenomenal job with that football team this year, you know, but that's a team, you know, they threw for barely over 3,000 yards this year. They're going to throw for a lot more next year, Sean, in my opinion, because that kid can play. And they're going to have some weapons. So I, I really feel like this was such a big pickup just because of the nature of what you do. But mm-hmm. then you study the film and you're like, boy, this is even better pickup because this kid's film. Now, is he Denzel Ward? No, I'm not saying that. He's not that kind of athlete. But this kid knows how to play. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. And I think he's going to fit in real well. Because he comes from an offense or a league that has a lot of teams that like to throw the ball and score. And he played well. And the TCU game, Sean, if you go look at it, he got hurt late third quarter. Yeah. And that's – now, it could be a total coincidence. But when he got hurt is right about when TCU started their comeback yep. against Oklahoma State. Yep. And just, you know, he wasn't there in the fourth quarter. He wasn't there in overtime. And that's when that's when, when TCU came back because um, – because the, the final score is 43 to 40. They scored 13 points in overtime. They scored so they had 30 going in, and then they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. TCU did. Yeah. And all of that was done without Thomas Harper being on the field. But when he was on the field, TCU couldn't do a whole lot. They couldn't do a whole lot. So and that makes know. we're talking about Sam Hartman making everything better or things easier and vice versa. Notre Dame making things easier for him. 
I think what he was asked to do in that defense, coming into Notre Dame, in my opinion, being around better talent in front of him and next to him, especially in that DB room next year. It's like now you can, man, he can be a specialist in so many different ways. And Al Golden loves, he loves, we talk about it. Look, he loves to get his safeties up around the line of scrimmage and bring them on third downs and zero concept, fire concept. Look, you have a guy that can really do it and do it really well and cover and tackle. This, to me, he improves the tackling right. in the secondary immediately. So Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. Tariq was a, a surprisingly good tackler at Notre Dame this year. Like Tariq did a surprisingly good job. He had a couple tackles for loss. The problem with Tariq is, is he had to win as a tackler by getting past blockers with his speed. Yeah. Because he had a hard time getting off blocks because he's just small. Yeah. This this kid is a little bit more effective getting off blocks. I mean, he's a 5'11, about 180, 185. So he's not going to just like be throwing dudes, right? Right, right. But he plays what he does such a good because at, at Oklahoma State, whether he's playing safety, like an alley safety or, or the slot, Sean. He's responsible for you are the force player outside. You cannot let this ball get outside of you. Right. I broke down about four or five games of him this weekend. And every game he did a really excellent job of, even when he was getting blocked, he would get himself to the outside and hold firm Yeah. to where they'd have to cut inside of him. And that's where all his help was coming from. So that's an important thing. And and to your point, he is good at, at coming up and outrunning guys. He play. he understands angles. He, He's a he's a solid tackler, and that's so important for that nickel position. If you can't tackle in the nickel position, man, like you just can't play it, man. You just yeah. can't. Like Deion Sanders in back in the day couldn't play that. That's not the ideal player you want at that position. That's yeah. where you that's your boundary corner. Just let that go we'll cover all day. Yeah. Right. And and I don't need I don't care if you make tackles or not. Just don't let me yeah. catch the ball. You don't have to tackle anybody. Yeah. This nickel spot, it's gotta be a guy coming up, taking on blocks, attacking the perimeter, making tackles in space, all that. And he's pretty good at that. Yeah. Now you're gonna put him and Cam Hart to the field together, right? And that's where you start feeling like, okay, I got a little something there. Yeah, yeah. So, and if yeah. if if Jay Mickey takes the next step, right? And then you still have Clarence Lewis. Like, what are you doing with him? Does he become a hybrid? Does he kick inside to help, or does right. he? You know, it's, they're going to be extremely talented in the defensive backfield. And they're going to be better off, in my opinion, at the safety position than they were coming into the 22 season. Yeah. So expect Al Golden to continue to be aggressive yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he gets these guys in the spring and he yeah. sees what he has. Yeah, agree. So there's one other player I want to talk about in the portal, Sean, too, and that is a player that Notre Dame has not landed yet, nor do we know that they're definitely going to land him, but he's a guy that visited this weekend, and that is Byron Vaughns from Utah State. Very interesting player, Sean. Mm-hmm. And he he was listed at 6'4", 245 at Texas. He was listed at 6'4", 230 in 2021. And this year he's listed at 6'4", 225. And he's a guy that is a probably more of a viper. Now, at Utah State, he'd play both. So at Utah State, they'd play kind of like left end and right end. Mm-hmm. And so he sometimes he's matched up against the tight end and sometimes he's not. I mean, that's – now, he would play right and left end, but they weren't like – switching weak and weak and strong the way that that Notre Dame will do field boundary basically but he's a guy that probably projects more as a viper at this point in time unless he can add a little bit of strength and size 
I think he projects more as a Viper. So he doesn't really project to fill that Justin Adamiola role, but he's a guy that brings some pass rushing ability. I was not thrilled to see him as an option because you just look at his numbers. He had like, I think like what, two sacks this year and four sacks last year. Mm-hmm. But I did a couple couple things. I studied his stats beyond just the sacks because I've always said this. Sacks don't always tell you the story. But if you look at some of his numbers, Sean, he actually had more pressures this year than Isaiah Foskey had either the last two years. If you look at pro football focus, his mm-hmm. win rate on pass rushes this year uh, uh, was higher than it was than Isaiah Foskey's was each of the last two years, and it was better than what Will Anderson's was last year. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that's that's going against Mountain West talent for the most part. But one of the things I did is I went back and watched the Alabama game because they played Alabama this year, mm-hmm. and they looked like he belonged. To be completely honest with you, Sean, like he wasn't dominant. He's not a guy that's going to come in and, and be Isaiah Foskey if Notre Dame were to get him. But he gives you just another long, kind of twitchy sort of player off the edge that just enhances your ability to just be multiple there. And potentially, even though if he can't play big end, if you get if you get him, he may be able to help you move Junior to Alamaka to big end, which is ultimately where I think Junior would better his game better, better. fit kind of playing that Justin Adamiola role that also can play like some of your nickel stuff, but also mm-hmm. play at the big end. And that's kind of how I see this guy uh, projecting. He's just kind of a pass rusher, you know, and a guy with some potential as a pass rusher, Sean. Well, you know, it was shocking for me because you hear Utah State and you say, "Hmm." but like you said, he was at Texas first, looked upon as a pretty good recruit. He goes to Utah State. And I remember watching that Utah State-BYU game because that was the game before BYU was going to take on Notre Dame. I remember watching that game, and in that game, you know, the commentators talked about Utah State leading in sacks and pressures over the last year and a half. And I'm like, really? So I started to really pay attention to the guys on the front. He was one of the guys that immediately jumped out, especially in the first half of that game. BYU started to get their run game going in the second half, but their pass, man, they struggled in their pass game because Utah State was getting a lot of pressure ton of pressure and taking the quarterback off his spot consistently and he was part of that so i agree yeah. with you. I he had three you. hits according to pro he had three hits on the quarterback in that game according to pro football folks yeah, yeah. so yeah so yeah. that's when he jumped out to me so when they said his name in the portal i really knew i'm like oh okay i remember this kid he jumped out to me in that byu game yeah that would be a really good pickup because you need that depth you expect Botello, yeah. you expect Burnham to take a jump and be one of those guys right. coming off the edge with speed. Uh, I really like Jordan Botello. I'm just, it's just for him. I'm happy. A lot of people can be upset with production, but people don't understand mentally what it means for Jordan Botello and Maris Leah Fowl to make it through a season and be able to complete a season healthy. Like you just, for those guys, yo, they're healthy. Now, let's go play. Get better. Right. If Jordan Botello, it was also always about opportunity and finding a spot. And I think he's found and staying on the field, yes, not getting himself in field. trouble, and staying Absolutely. on the doghouse. Absolutely. But the talent's never been the question. Talent's for him. never been the question. Notre Dame staff loves Josh Burnham. Yeah. Like you there's can. a lot of optimism those two guys can be dudes. And then like if this kid comes in and he's part of that, you've got a deeper rotation, and then you can do more with Junior. 
you know, maybe he plays the Bo Bauer role in nickel. That is that kind yeah. of that that middle pass rusher dropping in the middle in coverage. Maybe he can be a big end. Maybe he can take on the Justin Adamiola role. Who knows? But that's kind of the what you like to see. So th- those are three of the the transfer guys that we wanted to talk about, Sean. You know, if there's more guys, like we're not going to break down Anthony Lucas. I know that's one of the guys people want to talk about. I just I don't see them getting Anthony Lucas. If they get him, we'll break him down, and he's a stud, right? There's no doubt. But I just don't see Anthony Lucas being a a guy. Notre Dame's certainly going to go for him. I don't think Notre Dame's really recruiting C.J. Williams all that hard, and I don't think C.J. Williams is all that interested in Notre Dame, uh, and I'm totally fine with that, totally fine with that. So, you know, that's kind of – that's kind of that there. So as more guys come along, Sean, we'll, we'll, we'll break down more guys. Yeah. But I think that's a good uh, wrap on the, the transfer portal talk for now. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.